in our part of the world, where you know, towards the periphery of the country, it would be very easy to be sort of lost in your own little world. And, yeah. and I think the BSD gives you that input to, well, I was going to say the national, but the international network mm. of, of people who are interested in dancing. Hi there, welcome to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 17 from the British Society of Dowsers. I'm Graham Gardner. As the UK's national dowsing body, the BSD's main role is to promote dowsing to as wide an audience as possible, to foster high standards of professional dowsing practice and training, to maintain a register of professional dowsers that the public can access, and to keep tabs on the international dowsing scene, particularly with regard to irrelevant legislations that may affect dowsers. As such, we provide a valuable service in coordinating the national scene and keeping dowsers informed of uh, issues that might be affecting them. The Society plays host to somewhere uh, around 160 dowsers usually at our annual conference, with a range of speakers and workshops that would not otherwise be available to individual dowsers, and our special interest groups hold more regional meetings and workshops throughout the year, bringing the BSD to an even wider audience. But what if you feel that such events are too far away to attend, or maybe they're too expensive for you, but you still want to find out about dowsing? Or maybe you just want to meet up with other like-minded folk in your area? Well, this is where the local dowsing groups come in. Most local groups will hold regular monthly meetings throughout the year, with speakers and field trips to interesting sites to provide plenty of interest for dowsers. The BSD currently has around 30 affiliated local groups, and more are being added to this list all the time. We even have one or two affiliated groups in other countries. So, what does an affiliated group mean exactly? At the present time, it means that the group has the option of adopting our model constitution, which provides a useful framework for actually running the group, and provides access to our group third-party insurance policy. Uh, Additionally, amongst other benefits, the group will be able to take advantage of our special offer for uh, website facilities, an essential tool which is very useful in attracting new members and publicising events these days. Uh, Affiliated local groups also benefit from events listings in Dowsy Today and on the website. We ask for confirmation that the group agrees with the objects of the society and that members abide by uh, the BSD Code of Ethics. We also, of course, like our affiliated groups to encourage their members to become members of the BSD also, although this isn't a necessity, unlike uh, the American Society of Dowsers, where I believe that local chapter members are required to also be members of the ASD. Uh, I'm sure some of our American listeners will correct me if I'm wrong in that assumption. At the BSD office, we're very keen to help and encourage the groups as much as possible, and we can offer much in the way of practical help and advice to anyone who's thinking of setting up a local group, such as uh, costings, you know, best way to advertise, uh, we can do mail shots to BSD members in your area to see how much interest there is, uh, and so forth. Uh, we're constantly looking for ways to improve this service, and we're at the moment we're developing a package of discount offers for equipment from the BSD shop. So if you can't find any dowsers in your vicinity, why not think about starting your own local group? You're sure to find lots of interested people who want to come along and find out what dowsing's all about. Now to try and give you an idea of what goes on in a local group, 
I've been talking to the chairs of three of our affiliated groups, the Cheltenham Dowsers, the Ridings Dowsers in North Yorkshire, and Tamar Dowsers in Cornwall. So here's the first of our three interviews with Chris Farrell of the Cheltenham Dowsers, which is one of our newest local groups. Okay, with me now is Chris Farrell, who's the uh, head of the Cheltenham Dowsers. And the Cheltenham are one of our newest local groups, I believe. This is very true. So how long have they been going now, Chris? Uh, we started in May 2009. May 2009. So not yet a not year. Yet a year. Yeah. So how's it been going? Well, I suppose very well. Um, I mean, uh, we started in May and we have a membership of 28. Now, I don't know what the membership of all the other groups are, but the feedback I get from people that I talk to seem to be quite impressed that we would have that sort of membership that quickly. Um, my background is in marketing and I would say that my immediate reaction to that is there must be pent-up demand for people to want to join a, a group in, uh, in Cheltenham. We've got groups nearby, we've got Slimbridge down in the south and we've got uh, uh, Malvern, um, South Hereford, but, um, and I was concerned initially that that might be encroaching a little bit in their parishes, but seemingly not although we do have people that seem to spin between the two or three. So what motivated you to start the group? I I moved to Cheltenham in January last year, up until which time I'd been living in Richmond, in London, and I'd been a member of London and Thameside, to others. And uh, I uh, realised I missed it. Obviously I didn't give up the practice, but I missed the group environment. And... I was talking actually with some friends uh, in Cheltenham and they said, well, why don't you start a group? And I hadn't really, I mean, I had no thoughts or intention of doing that at any time. And so I phoned up the BSD and said, how would you like to have a group in Cheltenham? And, you know, basically, is it okay for me to start a group? And it took off from there, really. Hmm. It's interesting that you managed to um, identify a local interest you know, so so soon, because uh, most people are quite reluctant to talk about the dowsing to Absolutely, well, I, yes, well, in my experience, that's shifting. I mean, I, I, you know, there are a lot of things that are shifting now that maybe some people wouldn't have been so comfortable talking about publicly five or seven years ago, maybe. But um, I think there's a combination, I, you know, when I talk about pent-up demand, I mean, you know, and that's sort of typical you know, marketing speak, but, but I think, I mean, it was, uh, I took an ad um, in the local... Um, publication that, that seems to promote all things uh, complementary, new age, spiritual, you know, whether it's Buddhism or whether it's holistic, whatever. Um, and uh, with the good uh, offices of the uh, BSD, uh, I did a, a sort of a search on the postcodes that would probably be within my catchment area and stopping short of overlapping into other groups. Um, and they kindly did an emailing for me um, to hit people, admittedly members, because that's all they would have on their, on their database. Um, so that generated quite well. But, I mean, I was quite, sh- you know, given, as I said, my background's marketing and advertising, I was quite shocked at how much people just came off the sheet, came yeah. off the page, yeah. basically, picked up the phone and said, this is, I mean, and it was not exactly singing and dancing, it was just a little announcement, really. Mm. So, um, so that's what I mean, I think, obviously. And I think it's something to do with Cheltenham as well. I mean, it, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite an in-tune town, if that's a good way yeah. to put it. Uh, and what's your uh, meeting schedule like? We meet uh, the first Wednesday of every month, and 
<laughs> I mean, it's hard to say that we're into a pattern yet because we haven't been going long enough, really. But I mean, we're having moderate success. In you know, I think it's well. My experience with London Thames is that you know you have a fairly sizable membership base, but not everybody comes to every meeting. But that's true of any organisation. Um, but we meet the first first Wednesday, and um, and we've got some interesting speakers lined up for this year. And it's the usual mix, really, of trying to have a nice mix of speakers, you know. And, and I'm very keen um, to sort of push the boundaries, I think, um, in terms of, you know, dowsing is really more than just plodding around with some wellies on in the field. I mean, you know, there is a, there's a, a broader dimension to it, shall we say. Um, but not ignoring that some people just want to you know, wander around in the field with a pair of wellies, yeah. which is okay too. I mean, so it's like any group, really, you need to focus on you know on, on the, the full spectrum of interest yeah. without alienating one end or the other and what's your uh, kind of membership demographic you know, what, what things are they interested in um, strangely I would say probably health more health and well-being mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me um, and earth energies followed by archaeology and followed by water um, I mean it always continues to surprise me that if you ask you know John Smith on the street about dowsing, they'll immediately say water. Yeah. But in dowsing groups, um, for whatever reason, water seems to be the, the, not the catch that it used to be in that respect. But I get the sense that's a trend anyway. So. Well, yeah, I think that's a sign that dowsing is becoming uh, yeah. more appreciated through our wider audience. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what sort of speakers have you had so far? Um, we have had, who have we had? We had Maria Wheatley and Busty Taylor, who came and did a, a really good talk and presentation to us on Avebury. Um, John Baker dropped in um, and gave us a talk on archaeology. As you know, he's chair of the uh, special interest group. Um, he dropped in literally en route to the conference in Sarancester uh -huh. last year. Um, this year, so far, Adrian Inkleton Weber came and gave us a talk on how well are we and telling us how well we are or not. Uh, we've got good old Sig coming up, Sig Longren coming up in March. Mm -hmm. um, to talk about archaeoastronomy, which is not easy to say. Uh, and then we have Sir Jackson coming in from Morven um, in April. So May we'll have an AGM, and then, you know, theoretically we'll start a new year, and we'll find out then, you know, where we are. But, but basically, I mean, Maria Wheatley went, was extremely popular, and she's coming back again in September to talk about Royal Wright, Royal Wright Stones. Mm. Um, and we're going to do a workshop with her as well in May. So, I mean, you know, we're getting pretty active in that respect. And do you organise any uh, field trips? Yeah, we've got um, six field trips lined up to various places. Actually, I can't tell you exactly where because uh, we now, uh, you know, as we've evolved, we've now got a committee and we have a field trip coordinator, Tony Lawrence. And she, I mean, we've in committee we've more or less agreed which uh, locations we would go to, and she's currently putting together a program of putting dates and places together, which we'll announce at the next meeting in March. Um, yes, I think my own view is really, uh, you know, in so much as any vision is involved, is I think it's interesting to have the speakers along, but I don't want it just to be a talking shop. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the beauty of dowsing is getting out and doing it, really. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, to have a good balance of... I mean, if we do one field trip a month, I think that's fine. And if people want to do more, that's okay too. Yeah, uh, it is often difficult as a, as a group, you know, just coming along to a speaker and you know, not actually doing a lot of dowsing. Yes, you know? yeah, exactly so, yeah, right. So, yeah, it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. Um, and what about training? Uh, 
um, well, training comes a little bit uh, actually through the window at the moment, I would guess. I mean, you know, along the way our speakers have, have come in and done training. Um, I've, uh, you know, I feel myself fairly adept at, at, at housing, but I've just done the BSD training course and to make sure that what I'm doing is how it would, would be and should be. So, I mean, I will quite happily take on some of that mantle. Um, but we have, you know, across the group, we, I mean, we have people who have been dowsing far longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, always ready and happy to, you know, defer to people who have, you know, more experience, more knowledge, whichever. I mean, you know, the old thing about everybody can douse, but, you know, not everybody's been doing it for 25 years. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, myself, I've been doing it for about eight years. Um, but if you'd asked me a year ago that I would be running a group in Cheltenham, I, you know, it would have been hard to believe. So, in a way, I'm sort of catching up with my situation, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, if uh, people are listening to this and they want to get in touch with you and come along, uh, how do they do that? Well, like, the easiest way, I suppose, is through a website, which is cheltenhamdowsers.org, um, which will give contact details. Um, in terms of email and phone. Um, it'll also give um, a, a feel for who we are. There's a gallery which just has some photographs of who's, been, you know, who's there and who's been speaking, so you get a sense of the type of people that you know, you'll be encountering. Um, and obviously there's a list of events on that as well, and it gives full details and how we meet, where we meet, what time, and all of that sort of stuff. And you know, my phone number's on there, and my email address is on there, so people can contact me directly if they'd rather just do that. Yeah. And of course, because you're an affiliated local group, those on details the BSC site. will also be on the BSC yeah, website. It's, it's one click away, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much for talking, Chris. No, it's my pleasure. Thank Good you. spending a bit of time with you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Chris Farrell there from Cheltenham Dowsers. Now, before our next interview, let's just have a look at some courses that are coming up in the next month or so. And we have a, a newly available foundation course on the 17th and 18th of July, 2010, and that's being tutored by Faye Palmer in Leek Wooten Village Hall, which is near Warwick. And 3rd and 4th of July, there is a new Dowsing for Health Advanced Level course how can dowsing help with assessing health problems? Being tutored by Keith Harmon, who's the uh, chair of the health group, and that's in North Holmwood Village Hall near Dorking in Surrey. On the 19th and 20th of June, we have Earth Energy's uh, course level 3, Understanding Geopsychic Stress. That's being tutored by Paul Craddock in Brightwalton Village Hall, Berkshire, which is just northwest of uh, Junction 13 on the M4, I'm told. And on the 24th and 25th of July, we have Earth Energy's course Level 4, Understanding Earth Energy Power Centres and Features of Special Geomantic Significance. And this has been taught by some chap called um, Graham Gardner. I don't know much about him, really, but it should be an interesting weekend. And uh, that's being held in the Avebury Social Centre, which is, of course, in Avebury in Wiltshire. For full details of all these courses, uh, check the main BSD website. And remember, you don't have to be a BSD member to attend any of these courses, although there is a small surcharge for non-members. So hope you can make it along to some of those. And now on to our next interview. This is with uh, Bill Holding of Ridings Dowsers, who are based in North Yorkshire. So we're talking to uh, Bill Holding, who runs the Ridings Dowsers, one of our affiliated local groups. So uh, tell us a bit about your, your group, Bill. How long has it been going? Well, we're into our third year, in actual fact. And um, initially, when we started Riding Dowsers on the, the inaugural meeting, um, which was in our home at Bolton Percy in York, 
Um, I think it was about seven or eight people attended at that time. Um, from there, of course, the the it, it wasn't very long before the first meeting, as it would be, site meeting, took place, and uh, I think we had a good turnout there. Um, as it was in those figures then, I think it was about four or five people, but that of course was good for us. Um, and then we progressed slowly but surely um, into as the year went by and then into year two and membership came up to about 20, um, but there were 20 very, very good individuals as opposed to um, people that are on the internet um, emailing and you're responding with the newsletter as I do every, uh, sorry, every month. And then from there upon in, you never hear from them. We then, or I did a, a bit of a butchery job and said, right, those people have not responded, you know, um, would they like to come back to us and say whether they're interested or not? And if I don't get a confirmation from you, I'll just remove you from the list. I think we, it was a brave move because you, at that point in time, you're running a group very new and you think to yourself, well, we want bums on seats and figures and is it the right thing to do is this but um, as it turned out we brought the list down to about eight or nine people which um, we're going back now two years ago so it brought it back as similar figures to when we first started then word started to get around as to what riding the dousers is who they are with the help of the bsd of course because they did a lot of mail shots and things um, and then we started to just grow and grow and grow, but we grew with people who are really, really interested in Dowsey. And I think that was, that was the turning point, and it's really gone from strength to strength over the last few years. How often do you meet? What we do is we go, we have really from April through to October, we do site meetings once a month every four weeks basically. Um, turnouts usually, the best we ever had, which was at Thornborough Henge, um, we had about 18 people there. There was also guests, one or two guests. Um, but because Thornborough Henge being what Thornborough Henge is, it's it's very well known. Not particularly at the moment with all the quarrying going on. And absolutely, and yeah. yeah, this yeah. came out as well. But we did some fantastic dowsing there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we do once a, once a month, as I say, every four weeks, religiously. The winter months, we go to um, an extremely well-renovated uh, village hall in Oldborough, which is near Boroughbridge. Um, again, then we do our winter uh, meetings. Perhaps, being on an honest point of view, the, the problem we have there is the good old age one is speakers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, off the record, when I'm working myself, I'm running the dowsing group, I'm doing, I'm very strong into earth energies, which is what I do, because I teach the group as well. Um, and because I'm doing my own BSD tutors teaching as well, as it would be from my, my point of view, it starts to get a little bit, time's not obvious. <laughs> There's not many hours in the day left, really. Um, but nevertheless, we still proceed and we go on. Uh, and then, of course, you know, over the last three years, we've done some fantastic work. What we've tended to do, um, I think you did the York Lay. In fact, I know you did the York Lay because I went into the same. I think it's Saint Saint Mary's Saint Mary's Church. Yeah, yeah. And I saw your report. Yeah. Um, that you'd sent because the chap, the curator there was looking in, into his archives and said, oh, this is one that um, Graham Gardner did. Oh, right. Oh. So I looked at it didn't and tell pulled me it that. out. Yeah. Oh, and, but the, the, the real superb piece of information, we'd actually doused it with his permission there, 
gone over the front area, found exactly what you found, and it was only later when we were talking to him once we'd done all our dousing, your findings was exactly the same as our findings. So wow. that was fantastic. So there you go. That's the first confirmation I've had of that. Absolutely. So no, it yeah, was spot on. Really good spot news. on because we went. It started right down by um, by the riverside. Yeah, yeah. Saint George's Park. Yeah. Came through the castle, just to the left of the castle. You remember, yeah. and then straight into the church, yeah. and creeping over to the left-hand side, just where the old stone site would have been. And uh, but with that's as far as we got two years ago, and then this year we actually carried it through again. Um, no, sorry, it wasn't. It was last year we carried it through again, and this time oh, I sort of moved the group on a bit because there was about eleven of us this time. Moved the group on, and then went actually through the whole thing up to the minster found the, uh, the main energy point through to the minster. Excellent, excellent earth energies meet because it's not like when you're out in the countryside where you can see flowing land and the yang and the yin doing the things and so yeah. on. Whereas you're in the middle of a town, you're swapping, turning roads, you, you have no, no sense of direction. You're completely disorientated, yeah. and, you know. Um, and the only way you can really go is, is literally by using your dowsing senses or your equipment. Um, but that was a big, big, big learning curve. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've done loads of different sites, stone circle sites, which we've done um, at High Bride Stones. It's right up on the North Yorkshire Moors, quite a long way out, actually for people to attend but nevertheless we're still about six or seven people mm. and it's a partial stone circle and I think there's about three three stone four stones still in in existence there and the other ones laid down in spots where you know they are and we did that again was it yeah we did it last year I think it was around about early part of spring April time something like that last year went from there did this complete site survey um, from Kath Fortledge's knowledge, which I did on the BSD course, uh, con Congress about three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, applied all Kath's implications and ways of um, doing site survey, recorded it in the proper book, and then we went back this year, about three months ago, within what half an hour the pole, the big red and white marker poles were in, so you could actually see the real circle as it was then mm, mm. Um, and uh, when we spent all day I think we started about half ten-ish and then we got to finish about four half four five o'clock and like everything else you, you run out of time yeah, you know? yeah but I do like to go back to these different places and you know I keep saying to the members of the group you know are you okay with this and the reason we keep going back to most of the places um, with the odd one or two every year now is because you learn more and more and more about it it's better than flying from one yeah. site to another where, you know, you're just looking, picking up one or two um, yin and yang lines and be it uh, lines or lays or whatever and then you're doing the bands within them. It's great for those people who don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But it can be a little bit laborious when you keep going on and doing the same things. Yeah. Whereas if you go and stay, you go back to another the site that you've been before, you're picking up on your previous knowledge. So. Therefore, you can go further into things, you know. 
I think it's also important, uh, certainly in Earth energy work, because you know these things do fluctuate with the phases of the moon and stuff. So absolutely. it's good to go back and resurvey mm. uh, the same things and see how they've changed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've noticed that on one of my courses I was teaching this year and had a very unexpected reaction uh, when dozing an energy lay mm. uh, from one of the students, and then I went and checked it and got the same thing. And uh, you know, spent five minutes going, "Oh, what's going on here?" and then realised it was actually the new moon. Mm. So, you know, mm. the energy has completely gone. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. so yeah, it's good to do um, They're going back times. to Ireland Abbey just there. And mm. I had a letter, um, he found us via the uh, website, because we have a website, ridingsdales.co.uk. And on there it actually says uh, it relates to the fact that there's contact addresses and what have you. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, a chap called Guy Holding, do you know him? Mm. Back in 1970s, 60s or 70s, he'd done a lot of research on some of the churches. And although this terminology was rather a bit old, um, at the time, obviously, it was fairly current because everybody had different views at going back in Dowsing in those days anyway. But um, the event of Billy Gorn and all the rest of it, where we got the encyclopedia, which is a lot better these days. I mean, people talk the same language. So I'm trying to look at this question that he'd given me. In actual fact, he'd drawn loads of energy lines. But one particular thing, he'd had these energy lines emanating down west to east. Um, which would be going from the front through and then out of left and right and into different locations on the in the compass um, and he, he'd been relate, relating to these swirls and he said to you have you any idea what they are so I thought right I won't answer jumping feet first I'll actually do this on Byland Abbey so two or three really really experienced people dowsers got together here and I said look this is what we're looking for can you have a look and so we picked up the main um, energy lay going through and there are these little swirls mm. and they're going through about every six or seven paces and um, we did it away from the high altar section uh, from here to the hedge row perhaps and um, one of the possibilities if, if you put a, you know, put a profile on it I thought perhaps are they spirals going over some stone format Mm -hmm. but no that wasn't the case um, one of our colleagues actually said to do you think it could be part of the curry grid so I whipped into one of the one of the swirls as he calls it Guy Holding calls it and um, got a bearing put the compass on the on the rod and sure enough it's an exact reading mm -hmm. as what the curry lines give so, the, the, and, and, and the distance between each part, mm. one went left, one went right, yeah, so pars and egg and so on, all the way down. And I think we went for probably about 20, 25 yards, something like that, and we picked up several of these things, one left, one right, one left, one right. And so one of the possibilities it could have been, it could have been one of the curry lines. But unfortunately, like again, again, time's run out, so, you yeah. know, you're trying to do these things. I mean, the group as it stands at the moment, um, we're now obviously going into the winter months, so... Um, Tending on two warm fires, indoor meetings yeah, and, a, and a guest speaker, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely, yeah. Um, as I say, it, on the speaker's side, we probably are struggling a bit because, you know, I, I, I fill in where I possibly can. But we've had some damn good speakers as well because uh, we've had healers doing that, we've had Mapdales inside of life, you know. 
Um, what else have we had? We've had somebody on the the spiritual side. Um, I tend to do the earth energy side, you know. So it pretty much keeps us in trim. But Is that the sort of uh, general interest of most of the group? Yeah, uh, the earth yeah. yeah. It seems to be earth energies predominantly. Mm. There's a lot of healers involved who, you know, I mean, they're very closely related, of course, they sure. are, um, with the chakras and so on. Um, but, you know, we, we, we get our fair share of healers coming in as well. And, and that's not the members, that's... Um, other people, visitors, guests, and so on, you know. Mm. Of course, I have to ask, um, uh, all your members are, of course, also members of the BSD, are they not? <laughs> I do believe most of them are, in actual fact, yeah, because, I mean, yeah. I do promote the BSD big time, and I pursued on, when I do the uh, monthly newsletters, um, Ridings Dales' newsletter, I mean, I, I often promote things like that, look at the, the courses and stuff, yeah. you know, I do that as well. But I think... Um, I think probably, I would certainly say that three quarters of them are, they really are. Yeah. And it's been noticed by Helen and yeah. and uh, John and so that, you know, they've all joined and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're one of our most uh, prolific local groups actually at the moment. So. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pleased with that. Which is great. I put everything into it, and, yeah. you know, but yeah. you have to, because if you don't, it, it just doesn't happen, does it? So what have you got planned for uh, uh, next year coming up with you? <coughs> well, <coughs> as it's worked out, all this year I've gone right up to EE6 on the courses that Patrick's been doing. And I've also been studying on Long's, um, Sig, Sig Long's um, website. So we're doing the archaeology, the astronomy side, mm -hmm. uh, which I do. I've got very I'm very much into that sort of thing. Um, where I want to go, of course, is to be teaching on those levels, be it BSD, and of course my own group side as well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely on that side. I want to. I personally want to be going along on the tutoring side. As far as the group's concerned, yeah. I mean, we. One of the things you may may not know. Every year we, um, well for the last two years, that's wrong, um, we've been sponsored for the Rydale show. Mm -hmm. And if I say to you that you start roughly at half past eight in the morning and you finish at five and three of us don't stop talking with the public, and that is no exaggeration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We did it last year and it did it this year when we were talking. And uh, we don't charge, it's purely a free sort of thing. We invite them, I put down... <coughs> an energy boundary across, you know, for about four or five foot. Yeah, we have also two-inch tubes, um, one of which has got nothing in it, and they're both sealed identically at either end, um, and the other one, of course, contains water um, in, a, in a plastic tube. Again, it's full, across its full length. And the interesting thing, we must have had about, what, I would have thought around about 600 people having a go at the dowsing. So they, they, they go through a circuit with three particular things, piece of rope, a uh, tangible item, over the water, which is a tangible item they can see, although they can't see the water. And then, of course, the third time round, they go across on the um, earth energy part that I've put down. And it's amazing the results to see that general people who have never doused before actually go over and find the correct one for the water. Mm. Um, and likewise for the energy lines, where you think that perhaps would be one of the big points they would struggle with, but they didn't. I would say 80-85% of the people mm. got it correct. That's amazing. You know, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but again, we're booked in for next year, yeah. so members of the group are invited to come along Given and that's help. The, that's you know? exactly the sort of test that um, you know, sceptics organise yeah. and put yeah. professional dowsers through and they fail. Yeah. 
There was one particular um, scientist came up, a professor he was. There was two, but one particular one came over and said, look, uh, um, I said, fine. Um, I said, what would you like to know? He said, well, obviously, because I'm what I am, I've got to put a sceptical eye on this, you know. And we were there for about ten minutes, and I was talking to him like this. And, um, and I was showing him the, as the, the implements, as you do, and how they, do, how they work, and one thing or another, and explaining the Earth Energy side, and which is one of the things he really struggled to get hold of. And he said, well, I better go, because my wife's going to be giving me real bad looks in a minute, you know. I said, your wife? I said, and I, then I said, like, let's tune into his wife. Came all the way around and over there. I said, is your wife? That's your wife there, isn't it, over there? She was over here, right? Mm. And, I and he was absolutely, he said, how, well, how the hell does this happen, you know? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. He said, but you don't even know my wife. I said, no, I don't. I said, yeah. that's a little bit more information for you, yeah. on a more serious vein, you see. Yeah. Um, so he went away perplexed, I think was the word, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm a scientist, what am I, oh, why can't I put my meters on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's the best argument, you know, we give, give somebody a dowsing rod in their hand, let them feel it turning. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. 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 But he also stood there watching mm. these people who have never ever done it in their life before. Mm. And they were. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was done last year. And again, we've done this year, as I said, but uh, tremendously successful, tremendously successful. A um, little bit too far out from a personal group's point of view, because it's at Driffield, um, and Driffield really is right on the boundaries of, you know, Lincolnshire and that sort of neck of the woods in the Humber area. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't really matter. What it's actually doing is it's portraying um, people, uh, two people rather, that are partially aware of dowsing and people who have no knowledge of dowsing at all and it's putting the word out there and when we all came away from there in the evening and we were really really pleased in the fact that yeah a lot of more people have gone away just like they did the previously with some dowsing knowledge yeah uh, and that's really why we did it yeah mm. um, yeah that's really why we all did it really absolutely yeah so. yeah you're right yeah. Great. Well, thanks very much right. for uh, talking to us, Bill. That's pleasure. A good pleasure, insight into yeah. uh, local groups. Yeah. yeah pleasure. So, um, your group is based in. It's actually based in um, Oldborough. That's where we have the uh, on the BSD website. Yeah. It's where, but that's where we actually meet. Right. Then Oldborough. Um, yeah. So it's it's actually based in Oldborough. Yeah. A little village hall in Oldborough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the only time we're there, as I say, is about four times a year. Yeah. yeah. December we have the Christmas. Yeah. Get together. You know. So that's not in the group, we do it in the pub. So. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, thanks once again. And we'll pleasure. put a link up to your website for this yeah, so you yeah, can get in touch. Now, just before our final interview, I wanted to mention the passing of a couple of our American dowsing friends. Bill Cox, who was a very respected dowser and student of the late Vern Cameron, passed on earlier this year. Bill's company manufactures and supplies the BSD shop with the Cameron automators that we're all so fond of using, but his widow Davina assures us that the business will be continuing, so supplies are assured. And more recently, the American Society of Dowsers President Douglas McMacklin was tragically killed in an accident on May the 18th when his car skidded off the road and hit a tree. Mac had only been ASD president for less than a year. Our condolences to the families of both Bill and Mac, and uh, our best wishes to the new ASD president, Sandy Mac. 
As I'm recording this podcast, in fact, the ASD conference will be in full swing in Vermont. So if any of our American listeners are attending that and manage to uh, listen to this podcast in time, I hope you're all having a great time there. And now to our final interview with Nigel Twin of the Tamar Dowsers, who cover the border area between Devon and Cornwall. So we're talking to uh, Nigel Twin, who is the, uh, what do you call yourself, Nigel? Well, Chair? coordinator, I coordinator. think. Really. We're we an organisation with, with, we're a virtual organisation. We have very little structure indeed, which is what the members want. Um, and therefore, the two things we do have, well, three things, I suppose, really. Uh, one is that we have a newsletter, which obviously is very important to communicate to people, both electronic and on paper. Uh, we have a bank account, obviously. And, uh, and we have a very enthusiastic membership. And I think, you know, that's the guts of any, any local group, really, is people Absolutely. getting involved. Uh, how often do you meet? We meet once a month. Uh, during the winter period, we, we have the four win months of the winter period, we have events indoors with uh, speakers that are either local or that we uh, hire in from further afield. Uh, but for the eight months of the allegedly decent weather, uh, we get out and into the field, uh, largely to, where, to places where people want to go, and, and if they haven't told me, then they're places I want to go. I know you always have uh, lots of very interesting meetings. I'm always very jealous looking at your website, wishing I lived nearer to Cornwall. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of places have you been to in the last year? In, in the last year, we've been to all sorts of sacred sites. In fact, we went to a very interesting one uh, last month, which was a trip to Loo Island, St. George's Island, which is off the... Off, uh, the coast of South Cornwall, uh, where there is the remains of uh, an ancient chapel. Uh, you've got to bear in mind that Lew Island was at one time attached to the mainland before you know, sea, levels, mm. sea levels rose in historical times. Uh, and it's somewhere that you can't get to that easily. There is a boat that runs, but it only runs now and then, and you've got to have a boatload of people and all that sort of thing. It took quite a bit of organising, but I think it was very, very well worthwhile. So that's a, sort of a classic sort of thing that we do. Mm. Uh, but equally, we could, we've done things at people's houses and we've done things at uh, local local sites we try to vary where we go uh, bearing in mind we've got quite a, a widely geographically spread membership uh, we try to to pick out sites that are reasonably close to where a lot of people live so people in North Devon have a chance to come to our sites people in Cornwall and West Cornwall have got a reasonable opportunity to get up and we have some members over the uh, in another country called England who, who are uh, yeah. who like to come down Occasionally, we, we set ourselves up as the Tamar dancers, and we were. And the idea was that we'd be sort of half Devon and half Cornwall. But I have to say uh, that the bulk of our membership is Cornish, and therefore we tend to be drawn that way in terms of, of sites and, uh, and our outlook, really. But I do pull them back over the water occasionally just mm. to let them know that there's something interesting mm. to the to the east of them. Mm. What's the main uh, kind of interest of your members? Uh, very varied, actually. Uh, I, I suppose because I'm an Earth Energy Dowser, so was trained as an Earth Energy Dowser, so that tends to be where I will take people if I don't get any other steer. Uh, but we have people who are interested in all sorts of things, and, and bearing in mind where we are in the Tamar Valley, we've got a lot of uh, industrial archaeology uh, heritage, uh, which we've been progressively uh, investigating over the years. Because we're a group that effectively uh, are made up of people who went on courses by Alan Neal uh, and, uh, and therefore and at the end of Alan Neal's courses we, we always said well wouldn't it be nice if something else happened now and eventually we sort of set up this self-help self group 
uh, but it, what, because he was no earth energy or is an earth energy dancer primarily, uh, that tends to be our sort of main focus. But we do do all sorts of other things, and we've done healing, and we've done uh, really the whole the whole range of things really. And uh, I'm always open to suggestions from members, and if members want to do something, then that's what we try and do. And if they help me organise it, that's even better. <laughs> I think as local groups go, yeah, yours has one of the, the closest relationships with other parts within the BSD. Uh, I mean, right. you regularly hook up with people from the archaeology special interest yeah, group. Yes, we had, uh, we had uh, a request from our friends in the archaeology special interest group to help organise an outing to the, uh, the recently discovered uh, Roman fort at Calstock, which is in our patch. Mm. And we had one or two invited members who, who turned up to, to that, plus members from the archaeology SIG from further afield, and that seemed to work out very well. Um, I'm a great believer that you, that you can achieve far more by working together than sort of looking, looking purely onto your own, uh, your own experience. And I've always tried to do joint outings with other groups, even ones that are not affiliated. I've just tried to be totally open and to draw people in from all walks of life and all types of dowsing and if at the end of the day it's not perfect for them and they're drifting in and out that's not a problem to me I just open the doors and 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 try and let people in mm. and and that seems to be working mm. so. I, I think it's a great model for how to run a local group actually isn't it? Uh, think locally but act nationally so. <laughs> I don't think it's stand up to too much sort of uh, uh, scrutiny but nonetheless it seems to work you know, it's, yeah. uh, so any uh, exciting finds that uh, Roman fort? <laughs> Nobody discovered a hidden cache of coins or anything? Not really. I, I think yeah. the most important thing was, was that in many ways we substantiated what the archaeologists had done had found by digging. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is when we went there, um, it had all, when we first went there they were still digging it. When we went back yeah. again it had all been filled in. So in fact we were actually looking for it completely blind. Yeah. Um, and we actually traced the outline of the fort in the graveyard of the church that's there now, we, and we couldn't see the archaeological investigations from the other side of the road because there were two big walls in the way. So mm. again, we were doing it completely blind, which mm. was I thought was was very very sort of helpful. Mm. I think that was our our contribution really to the archaeologists was that we were able to substantiate, particularly in the bits that they couldn't get to themselves. You can't really do geophysics in a graveyard; it just doesn't really tell you anything. It just tells you there are lots of graves there, which is yeah. which is not much help to them. Whereas we were actually able to if like quite literally think our way through the through the issues and yeah. to things that had been there previously. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the great areas where dowsing and archaeology Absolutely. can work harmoniously. Of course, you know. yeah. of course. Yeah. yes, yes. Um, how many of your members uh, are also BSD members? And how uh, important do you think that relationship is? I think I think it's important that we have some. Mm. Uh, the West Country and maybe other peripheral parts of the UK, if I can put it that way, tend to be rather individualistic and, and don't necessarily like to join in uh, officially with other groups. But I would say we've probably got about 10 or 12 members out of uh, a transitional membership of, of 40 or 50. So yeah, it's a core, but it would be nice if there were more. But I'd much rather have them in the group than try and pressurise them in and lose them because they feel they're being obliged to join something else. So yeah. it, it's part of the philosophy of saying, look, the door's open, this is what we do, you know, I always wear my, my, my jumper very proudly with my BSD <laughs> logo on it so they can see what it's all about. Yeah. And, and we are affiliated and hopefully we will remain affiliated and, and I think that's important. Where I think the, the BSD is very valuable is in providing the umbrella. It, it provides you with a certain amount of protection but a lot of information yeah. and, and I think that's, that's absolutely critical. I think if we were working 
in our part of the world, where you know, towards the periphery of, uh, of, of the country, uh, it would be very easy to be sort of lost in your own little world. And, yeah. and I think the BSD gives you that input to, well, I was going to say the national, but the international network mm. of, of people who are interested in dancing. Yeah, I think it is very easy to become insular in your own little corner. And, Gosh, yes. Um, and it's hard to see what what's going on. West Country? What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm a Scot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've all got our problems. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. well, that's great. Thanks very much for uh, okay. spending no, a few minutes with us now. Um, absolutely delighted to be here and talk to you, Graham. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's going to about do us for today, I think. My thanks once again go to Chris, Bill and Nigel for spending some time with us. You can find details of all our affiliated local dowsing groups, including links to their websites, on the main BSD site. Just look under the What's On drop-down menu thingy. Adventures in Dowsing comes from the British Society of Dowsers in Hanley Swan, England. For more details about the society and how we can help you get more out of your dowsing, please check the website at britishdowsers.org. Tell us your local dowsing group stories, ask us a question, or just say hello by sending an email to podcast at britishdowsers.org. What's happening in your local dowsing scene? Are you part of a local group? What's that like for you? We'd love to hear from you. My thanks to, uh, for listening, and many thanks as usual to Hilary Brooks for the music, and be sure you join us next time for more Adventures in Dowsing. <laughs>